He looked at Tommy sharply, and Tommy cowed under his glower. Malcolm asked the driver not to enter, but to park outside the gated mansion. I can't go with you, Tommy revolted. Very well, stay in the car. I won't be long. Tommy stayed in the car, trying to decipher Malcolm's idiosyncratic behavior. But Malcolm came back promptly, as he promised. He held a red folder in his hand. The chauffeur stood by the car. With his usual professional correctness, he held the door open for Malcolm. In less than a minute, the chauffeur set off on his course in jolted motion. Tommy looked at the folder, but kept quiet. Malcolm knew of his burning curiosity. However, he didn't relent, but stared quietly out of the window. Tommy continued to fidget. His discomfiture made the chauffeur look through the rearview mirror a few times. He also saw that Malcolm held the folder at the edge, unceremoniously between his knees. Soon they arrived at their destination. The car slowed down to turn in the driveway of the church. In just a few paces, it stopped to a halt. The chauffeur exited first, then came towards Malcolm's side to open the door. He held it out for him to egress. Tommy slid himself out from the other side. Looking at Malcolm from the corner of his eyes, he saw a smirk hovering on his lips. Disgruntled, Tommy thought Malcolm liked people to sweat. But when Tommy turned to face him, Malcolm flashed a wide grin lasting less than a second. A young woman saw the men. She came rushing towards them. She exchanged a nervous smile while Tommy came around to stand by a straight-faced Malcolm. The three of them spontaneously stood in a row to enter the church together. Malcolm slipped the red folder in Henna's hand. She looked confused, but took it without ruckus anyway. The church hall bustled with talk. They entered unnoticed, moving purposefully through the people in a milling crowd. It was a spacious hall in which long wooden tables were positioned against rows of chairs in the middle, all the way to the back, leaving enough room in the front and the sides. In a corner, a tea table stood, which held creamy biscuits on a plate with a copper cistern of boiling water. Stacked up cups against the wall leaned sideways. On the other end, a handful of local reporters sat with their cameramen, waiting glumly like toads on lily pads for the next scoop. Hannah tried to draw the crowd's attention. She picked up a drinking glass from the table, tapped it gently with a spoon. The humming stopped. Everyone looked up. This must be him, one whispered to the other. Yes, I suppose this is Malcolm, our man. Hannah's clear voice drifted through the room as she introduced Malcolm. For those of you who don't know him, ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you the owner and president of the largest fishing company in town. Please welcome Mr. Malcolm Baxter. People applauded. To stop them, he raised his hands. Silence fell on the hall. Seconds later, Malcolm spoke, his deep voice echoing through the high-ceilinged hall. Thank you all for coming. Well, thank you, Hannah he said as he signaled Tommy to stand by him. Malcolm declared that he had 4,000 pounds to bequeath to the orphanage this year. Huge cries of cheer, followed by numerous adulations, rang through the hall. Again, Malcolm raised his hand to stop them. Hannah asked an elderly gentleman from the crowd to step forward. The gentleman walked towards Malcolm. Head to head, the gentleman offered him a check for 5,000. Four others queued to pay 10000 in cash, all raised for the orphanage. Cameras finally engaged. Floodlights set the hall ablaze. 
The onerous wait finally over, reporters from the local newspapers threw a deluge of questions at Malcolm. Uh, who decides how this money is spent? How long do you wish to continue for this charity? What happens to the orphanage if you decide to withdraw support? Are there conditions attached to this charity? With the superb art of diplomacy, Malcolm eloquently handled every question. Viewers received the general impression that the money came out of a trust fund every month, which was well accounted for. There was no indication that it would run out any time soon. 